listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Brea Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about finding new books to read, checking in on our 2018 reader resolutions, and interviewing author Delilah Dawson. But first... What are you reading, Brea? I just finished a book, and it is called Tell the Machine Goodnight, a novel by Katie Williams. This sounds so Brea-y. <laughs> It's one of my favorite books I've read this year, honestly. It's about um, a world in which there is a machine that you you spit into a thing or you, you swab your mouth, you know, like like a 23andMe situation. It's, it's a machine, machine that you spit into. Yeah. He takes all your spit. <laughs> it's a wonderful machine. Um, and it tells you the three things you need to do to be happy. And they're usually really simple things. It's like learn to play the clarinet. Get a take cat. Take dancing lessons. Get a cat. Read get some a, books. Get an animal is a lot of times on them. Really? Travel. Smile at I your wife. I am the happiest bitch on earth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and it sort of follows these people who are very unhappy living these lives. One of them being a person um, who helps administer the machine for other people. One is the son of that person. Um, so it follows all these people sort of like who are tangentially related to the machine and the machine process. You end up with this horror actress and um, what it's taking for her to be happy. She's like the biggest like scream queen there is. And so it's like, it's funny because at first you think the book is sort of about this one woman and it is, but really it's about these people's relationship with the machine and what it takes for them to be happy. That sounds wicked good. Yeah, it's cool. I really enjoyed it. It's um, an incredible book. What are you reading, Mallory? I am reading an essay collection called Dead Girls by Alice Bolin, and I'm super excited about it. I found out about it because the uh, there's an essay about Twin Peaks in it, but oh. it's basically a whole essay collection about like the American media's obsession with dead girls. And when you stop to think about it, there's so many books and movies and TV shows that are all like the inciting event to whatever's going on in the story is a girl getting killed. Or a woman getting killed, teenage girl getting killed, and, like, there's so many— and Twin Peaks being such a big example, obviously, because the whole show kicks off with the murder of Laura Palmer, yeah. um, which, you know, I'm— if you listen to the show, you know that I'm obsessed— Do you like Twin Peaks? —with fucking Twin have Peaks. Have you? <laughs> I, oh, Mallory, I have a suggestion for you. Have you ever heard of the show called Twin Peaks? <laughs> I literally sleep inside a recreation of one of the sets from, from the show. It's really bad. But So I found out about it— about, It's on her Instagram, people, if you want to see it. It's really intense. Uh, so I found out about this essay collection because of this Twin Peaks essay, but it is so good. Alice Bolin is such a good writer. It's really funny. Um but it's also really, it's just like brutally honest, really well written. And it's such, especially nowadays with the cultural movement that's going on right now, it's so important to examine why it is that like so many of our most important characters are dead women or dead girls. Hmm. And why like Delilah, it's funny, Delilah Dawson uh, actually talks about it a little bit in our interview later in the episode about how it's just like ridiculous. So uh, that's Dead Girls by Alice Bolin. And Tell the Machine Goodnight by Katie Williams. Uh, so we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. You folks wrote in when we talked about checking in on our reader resolutions. Oh, I love this. Yeah, so quite a few people wrote in to tell us how their resolutions were going. We're going to be talking about our own resolutions in a little, in a little bit. Uh, but first up, Noelle said... 
My goal this year was to read 98 things, quote unquote things. A thing in this case could be a book, a short story, essay, or poem to honor my grandmother. She passed away at the beginning of this year at the age of 98. Uh, We send our condolences, Noelle. And she is a lifelong reader who had a library in her house. I miss her a lot, but reading makes me feel closer to her. So far, I'm a little over halfway to my goal of 98 things, and it's included Circe, which is a former Reading Glasses book club pick. Uh, Largesse of the Sea Maiden by Dennis Johnson, a smattering of short stories from sci-fi authors, and a selection of titles that my friends and I pick for our monthly book club. Ugh. I love this. What a nice way to honor your grandmother. That's so nice. Kimber said, Last year I set out to read all the books in my personal library and keep track in a book journal. I failed at reading through my library, but the journal keeping did inspire me to read more, leading me to read 100 books by the end of 2017. This year I decided to try to do the same thing, especially because on August 13th, my husband and I welcomed our first baby, a girl named Leela. Congratulations. It's been hard to really read— it's been hard to read anything over the past few weeks, but it's my favorite form of self-care, and I've made a point to try to sneak in at least a chapter a day on my phone or on my Kindle. Well I'm, done. I'm on book 93, so I'm excited to see how much further I can go this year with having a newborn around. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. And Kelson said, one of my reading resolutions this year was to read at least one book related to race relations in the U.S. per month. Near the end of, two, of the year in 2017, I read Stamped from the Beginning, highly recommended, by the way, and it made me realize that I had some serious gaps in my reading about racial issues and justice. So this year, I've tried to make that right. I think it has really helped me gain a broader understanding of some serious issues in our country, and I've been able to take the knowledge I've gained and support organizations that are actively trying to make things better. I'm intending to continue this practice in 2019, and I'd also like to add to my one book on feminism and one book on LGBTQ plus issues per month as well. Well done, Kelson. Wow, that's great. So you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And also quick bookmark again, thank you to all of the librarians who have reached out and emailed us uh, to help me with my book. Uh, if you are a independent bookseller or a librarian and you want to get involved in uh stuff for my book, please email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. It's very exciting and it makes me really happy to hear from all of you out there who are excited about my book coming out. Thank you so much. And also, finally, we're reading our first five-star review on the show from Symphony Soldier. Mm -hmm. They left a very sweet review and said they had just finished reading The Unbound, the sequel to Victoria Schwab's The Archived, about a library where the dead are shelved and a girl who helps them from escaping, helps keep them from escaping into our world, which sounds so rad. Yeah, that sounds, sounds amazing. So I think I'm suffering a bit of a book hangover because I keep thinking about it. Symphony Soldier, thank you so much for the five-star review. I think right now we're at like 480. Ooh. So we're really close to 500, and we decided, Bria had the genius idea that when we reach 500 reviews, we are going to live stream a recording of the show. Yeah. So you all get to see... Wh- how many times we mess up. <laughs> how, how the vegan sausage is made. <laughs> it's going to be fun. We're really excited about it. So we, we so appreciate all the folks that have taken the time to give us a five-star review or rating on iTunes. I know a lot of you don't use iTunes. We don't make the rules. I'm sorry. That's just how it goes. But I know there are a few listeners out there who have downloaded iTunes just to give us a review. We cannot thank you enough. It's seriously, it makes such a difference for us. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Do you want to talk about being in New York? Oh, shit, yeah. Also, uh, one more bookmark. Uh, This episode, while you're listening today, this is only hot off the press, only good for this weekend. I am going to be at New York Comic Con this weekend. Uh, Friday morning at 11 a.m., I have a panel about writing nonfiction um, 
my fellow, there's some cool other panelists there. Sam Maggs, the author, is also going to be there. So if you want to come see me talk about nonfiction, come to me after the panel to talk about reading glasses, get a bookmark for me, give me a high five, whatever you'd like to do. Uh, I would love to, to say hi. Oh, also I have a bookmark too, which is that I am involved in a show called East Siders, and we're running a Kickstarter campaign right now. And I know it has nothing to do with books. But it's wicked cool. But if you you might have seen it on Netflix, but we are an independently produced show, and so we do have to run a Kickstarter to make our show. But Bree uh, is part of making it, so you know that it's good. I am part of making it, and it's a LGBT show set on the East Side, uh, Silver Lake, Echo Park area of Los Angeles. So it's a bunch of very attractive people. Very attractive people, hipsters making out with each other. So um, if you uh, want to support that on Kickstarter, it's linked from from their page, Eastsiders, and then also from mine, or you can just search Eastsiders. It's our final I'll season. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes too. And it's our final season. And we started with uh, the first season we made for $10,000 in all, our, all of our apartments. And now we've You'll see we've raised our budget a little bit, but it's still not very big considering that it's on fucking Netflix and, <laughs> and people see it around the world and think it's a huge television show. So, um, yeah, make sure you check that out. It's going to be awesome. So before we talk about finding new books to read, we're going to take a quick break. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne, and justice is within your reach. My mom refuses to take my phone calls. My boyfriend says I should take our cats with me to graduate school, but I think he should keep them. In the court of Judge John Hodgman, justice rules. My partner's board game collection is out of control. My sister won't stop stealing my clothes. I'm Judge John Hodgman. I'm tough, but fair. fair. I'll bring you justice, and I'm only a click away. Tipping. Automotive etiquette. Siblings. Roommates. If you've got a case, go to MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. Judge John Hodgman is tough but fair. fair. Subscribe to the podcast today. Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. This week, we're helping you find some new books. We've only got three months left in 2018. I know, right? So now is a good time to check over your 2018 reader resolutions and see if you have any goals left to meet. If you're like us, you've probably still got some books to read. So we're here to help you find some ways to find books. Mm-hmm. Bria, how are you doing on your reader rules? Oh, man. Okay. I love that in the document, the first, like, your response is literally, ugh. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so here are my goals this year. I was going to document all the books I was reading in a reader journal. Check. Done it. I've well done, Bria. Really good. And I was trying to document them on Goodreads, too. And what's helpful is that I've noticed that if I'll put them on Goodreads, then I'll remember to put them in the reader journal later, and I give, like, a more specific review in the reader journal. Mm-hmm. But um, my second thing was I was trying to take all books, a picture of all my books on Instagram, and I did not do that. But you got a dog, so that's okay. <laughs> I, I, put the just, dog on Instagram. I have a lot of trouble taking photos of the books, and I, I know people, like, want to see them, but they're, like, not that interesting to p- take a picture of an e-reader. There's only so many interesting e-reader photos. Someone should make an e-reader cozy. Like a j- jazz up that Still e-reader. Still going to be the same photo over and over again. <laughs> and my e-reader is black and white, so you can't even see like cover, like, cute covers. You could put it in cool places. You've said that. It's There's only so many. It still looks like an e-reader in places. <laughs> if someone has figured this out, please send it to me. Actually, this is Put it under a tree. 
in an empty bathtub if it, on I a cat. Like, themed for the book, but then it's like, I, and then I'm thinking oh, way too much. It's too much trouble. I already have enough trouble getting a photo on my Instagram at all. Um, my last goal is to do the Read Harder Challenge, and this one I'm going to talk about for a second. So I have a poster of it on my wall, and I'm missing a few. Here, I have a few more that I need to get before the end of the year, but I have time. But there's a few that I have had trouble with. So number nine is colonial or post-colonial lit, um, which I have not tackled yet. Um, number 10 is a romance novel buyer about a person of color. I haven't read a romance novel this year, not a single one. And I just don't pick them up. So there's one that I was thinking about getting. I can't remember what it was, but I made it. I made a list, and then that where there was one that looked pretty good to me. I would love it to be a sci-fi one, sci-fi romance. I think good. I have suggestions for you, but any if anyone has suggestions yes. for these, please write because Bria will be very happy. Okay, number eleven, a children's classic published before 1980. I may not do it. I'm just not interested in this one. <laughs> but there's sci-fi ones. So there's um there's a wrinkle in time. I have the comic adaptation. Do you think that counts? Fuck it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, number thirteen, Oprah book club pick. I actually have a couple of this one I want to do. I just haven't done it yet. Um, number twenty three, which you would think I would have done, is a book with a female protagonist over sixty. I don't, I haven't done it, and I don't have any ideas because I'm like, oh, if it's like an autobiography, she's writing it. But I don't feel like that counts. You no, know, it has, has to be, be a protagonist 60, like, in the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. I have some. I have. I have suggestions. And I'm open. You guys tweet me suggestions for these. Again, I'm going to tell you the ones I'm missing. Nine colonial, post-colonial lit. Ten romance uh, by a buyer about a person of color. Eleven, a children's classic published before 1980. Thirteen, Oprah Book Club, and twenty-three female protagonists over sixty. So it's only five I'm missing. It's not that bad. Yeah. Um, And I feel like here's my opinion about the reading challenge so far. I feel like maybe I've picked up a book or two that I wouldn't have otherwise. Maybe. But a lot of them, I'm really shoehorning in books that I've already was planning like on how, reading. Bria's like, how many space books can no, I get into truly, this No, <laughs> I like went through and I was like, I know I read a mystery set in space. And so I, and I would, you know, like, so there was like mystery or thriller or something. And I was like, and, and I did find one, but it was a little bit like, oh, am I like shoehorning this in? Or am I actually like getting out of my comfort zone? I feel like they should reboot Mystery Science Theater 3000. And it's, instead, it's just Bria in a spaceship with dogs, and you're just reading a bunch of space books. <laughs> Sounds like something I want someone to draw. I was going to say really boring, but actually I would like to see that if someone wants to draw it. Um, it's like reading Rainbow, but it's, it's like reading Spaceship. So here's the thing. I don't know if I'm going to do one next year, a reading challenge. Interesting. I haven't decided if it's like actually making me get out of my comfort zone. Well, I think, you know, at the end of the year, just look over and see how many of these books would I have not read. How many of these books that I've liked that I would not have read without this reading challenge? Yeah, the thing is, I have liked the ones that I've chosen. And, like, I mean, these last five may be the ones that push me out of my boundaries, like, the most. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, these might be the ones that really, like, push me over the edge because I'm reading, like, actually, that's not true. I've read Oprah Book Club picks in the past. You know, like, none of these are, like, that crazy. Except maybe the romance because I don't ever read romance. So maybe maybe I find out I love romance. But I feel like I just need to find you, like— space romance yeah the most book genres I'm like familiar enough with that I'm not like oh it's wild I'm reading a comic they had a lot of comics on there this year and I like I filled those like immediately like because I was like oh yeah I'm reading a comic drawn and written by the same person like easy you know Bria you gotta read a space romance because I want to know how people bone in space (laughs) oh you know what it's very important to me isn't there a there's a didn't in that in the Mary Roach book yes 
Yeah. Well, it's more about pooping in space, which I will decline to go, to to talk about because I know how much you hate it. I hate it. Please don't. <laughs> how are you doing on your on your New Year's resolutions? I'm actually doing okay, but I had a really. I mean, my reader resolutions were pretty lax this year. As of right now, I've read 125 books. Mm-hmm. Um, I always said it. I. I would like to get to 150. I always set it to 200 just in case I get over that. But I, I haven't got to 200 in a in a couple of years, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to get there. But if I can get to 150, I'd be happy. Uh, it, there's a little bit there's – a there's a discrepancy between my reading journal at home and my Goodreads because there are some books that I've declined to say that I've read. Oh, got it. Um, you remember that out one book we cut out of the show? Oh, you did cut one we'll book We'll never out of the show. reveal that book. Yeah, Mallory talked about one book at the beginning of the show, and then I was editing it, and she was like, you got to take that book out. That book is problematic. I don't even want to give it any attention at all. Yes. N- no one But did you ever. finish it? Uh, yes. Oh, you did. But I refuse to ever talk about it. I'm burying that memory in my brain. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I'll and tell you about it. Ever. When we move, and we, we moved a different, we had to like record you talking about yeah. a different book. Guys, there's no magic w- happening behind the behind the. And I love pe- people are going to email us and be desperate to know, but I refuse to ever talk about this book. <laughs> I don't remember um, what it was, so it doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> it's it's lost. It's lost somewhere in the in the editing bowels of reading on glasses the, on the on the digital floor of reading glasses. Uh, but this year, I've been really cognizant of making my reading more inclusive, and uh, definitely have been conscientiously trying to read more LGBTQ books this year uh, and books by authors of. Both and of both, you know, uh, like protagonists that are LGBTQ and authors. Like last year, I'm always trying to read more inclusively, but it was like this year I like had to seek them out. And I feel like this year I've been the most aggressive about it. Just be like, okay, like uh, a few months ago I realized that like I hadn't read any lesbian books this year, like a whole year. So I went out and like bought the uh, Miseducation of Cameron Post by Emily M. Danforth uh, and I loved it. So, um, this year I've been doing better about it, uh, and I am – I'll tally it up by the end of the year, but I'm happy that I've, like, just sort of been, like – because you can sit back and just wait for people to send you things, but as we see with the show, if you just wait for stuff to come out and get announced to you, you're going to miss things that come out and you won't – most of your authors will be white dudes that are straight. Also, so what, every every, like, September – this happens like clockwork. I go, okay, it's towards the end of the year. How's my reader resolutions going? I only have a few months left of the year to read. Oh, shit, I haven't read enough new releases. Because at the end of every year, and I will post it on the Reading Glasses channels this year, I always make a list of my fa- favorite movies that I've seen and my favorite books. And they but came they, out like in the year. Yes. Year. Yeah. And then I go, oh, shit, I have not read enough 2018 releases. So I then start a mad dash to read new releases. Uh, and so that's what I'm doing right now. So, Bria... I want to read more, no, more new releases. You want to fill out your book riot mm-hmm. uh, reading challenge. Where do you go to find new books to read? Well, I'm not necessarily reading new ones, which is not my problem. I love reading. Well, I, mean, when I, I read say, a lot of new books. When we say new oh, books, we saying. mean new to you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because your problem is like I like – I am always searching for like the newest book. Like I always want to yeah. read the book that's coming out. It's harder for me to go back and read older books. Like yeah. that's that's an issue for me and something I need to like – encourage myself to do more um for the book riot thing it's actually quite easy there's a couple places they've actually helped for anybody else doing this they and you probably already know but they have a goodreads group that is specialized like just for the read harder challenge um and then on their page they have like a link to like here's six suggestions for this particular book 
whatever. Uh, yeah, they this, do a great job. This challenge. And then also um, the book professional podcast, book professionals. Yeah. Are, they've been doing episodes where they're like, oh, we're doing the Read Harder Challenge. Here's books we would suggest for these particular categories. So, like, that's been pretty helpful as well. Um, so, for me, that's what I've sort of been relying on for these last few things. And that's been since Book Riot, the Read Harder Challenge has kind of been my, like, map for the year. And I just, like, haven't looked at it. I have, like, a general New Year's goals, and it's, like, on my list of New Year's goals, and I look at it every week when I look at my my goals, and I'm like, oh, I really got to find that Oprah Book Club book I'm going to read. And yeah. I, I just, like, haven't done it yet. We'll uh, get there. We have three <laughs> more months. I have three months to read five books, which is not going to be that crazy. You're fine. Yeah. Um. What are you, you going to do to find the books you want to read? So it's funny that... This is this is such an interesting episode because so many I feel like we the feedback we get is from one like one of two directions. One, it's from people who have way too much shit to read. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh my god, my TBR is like going to crush me in my sleep and that's how I will die." Or the uh, other people are like, "I need new books. Where do I find books to read?" So I feel like for me, the way that I organize my life, I'm constantly surfing on like a wave of new book titles, but in like a good way cuz I, you know, I listen to Book Riot podcasts every week that mention not it's lots of— like you said, podcasts, which I think is we, very funny. They are podcasts. Liberty Hardy is definitely a podcast. <laughs> um, uh, I you know, listen to the Book Riot podcast that mention lots of new and backlist titles. I subscribe to the Book Riot new books newsletter. I'm constantly talking to my friends about what they're reading. My Instagram and my Twitter are full of people recommending books, you know, and talking about what they're reading. This can sometimes get a little overwhelming, though. So my favorite way to find out about, about new books besides friends recommending things is to go to my local book indie bookstore or my local library and see the recommendation shelves. Like, that is one of my favorites. Either so. Either like staff picks if it's the bookstore or librarian picks if it's the library. And that's often where I'll find new releases that I haven't heard of. Because, you know, you know, you and I sort of like swim around in book circles. And I feel like there are certain buzzy books that a bunch of people get talking about. And that picks up a lot of momentum. So a good way to find out about books that you haven't heard of is to like get outside of that circle mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, so when I realized I, I did my yearly thing where I was like, oh, shit, I haven't read enough new releases. I went down to the last bookstore because Alan and I go down there regularly to sell books and then to buy new books because we have a problem. Uh, and I checked out the staff picks for Authors of Color. And crazy as it seems with my life completely steeped in books, but thousands and thousands of books come out every week, guys. Isn't that crazy? It's, thousands it, of it books come wild. out every week. So and we only hear about a small percentage of them. And thanks to, you know, racism and misogyny and stuff, I have, like I talked about earlier, I have to work harder to find authors of color, uh, you know, LGBTQ authors, uh, and to make my TBR pile a little more inclusive. So I do a lot of research. So in addition to going to the staff picks, I just Google stuff. Like people are always like, how do you find books? I just fucking Google them. Like when I realized I hadn't read a lesbian book all year, I just Googled Best lesbian novels. No joke. <laughs> ever? Ever. Or 2018. No, just ever. And then oh. I like looked for, um, you know, the newer ones. That's how I found it. It's, I mean, it, it's a pain in the ass, but like, yeah, so but is racism. Make, look, yeah, yeah, that is true. And also listicles, man. Like they're annoying, oh, yeah. but goddamn, it's so easy to find anything you need with a listicle. Seriously. Is that what that word it means? Listicle? When you just make a list of something? It's no, I listicle. think it's an art. Listicle is an article that is a list. I yeah, think. yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like an article. And people are like, here's here's the best, you know, thing by queer books by queer authors in 2018, and it'll just be a fucking list of those things. It's very helpful. Yeah. No, and it's somebody's opinion, obviously. Like not every great, you know, queer book is gonna be in that list, but it gives you a good place jumping off point, at yeah. least. And then, you know, you can do more research there. 
I feel like these days, these days, people like doing internet research. Like, everyone feels like a genius on the I internet because like, they're like, I found this thing on the internet. I feel like, uh, just like our, read, our people who either want tons of books or have too many books— Half of the half of the time I'm on Twitter, people are giving me their like unwanted, their their unsolicited internet research about things, or they're asking me questions that they could totally Google. So Just I feel like Google. some people like internet research, mm, maybe, but maybe also they want your. Opinion. No, they just want facts. Oh, they I want me to. Like, they want me to. Like, what's they the treat capital me of as Omaha? the Google. Or what is Omaha is the capital. Omaha <laughs> is the capital. <laughs> Twist. So I feel like that's the best way to question. do this. Is like, you know, get involved in a reader community online or in person, either at your library, or your bookstore, or whatever. But also, if you're noticing gaps in your um, reading list, like you, you know, you need to find post-colonial literature, like. Just, you're going to have to do some research, you yeah. know, yeah. Ask, look, look on the library website, do some Googling, check on Goodreads. Books are easier to find than you think they are. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and the thing is, like, people are always like, well, how do I know they're good? Look, take that title you find and then look it up on Goodreads and yeah. see, you know. Goodreads, your library website has stars as well. Mm-hmm. Amazon has Ask reviews. your friends. Yeah. Honestly, so I, sometimes I'll ask Twitter just like, what, is, what do people think about this? And then the, then the opinions come. <laughs> and it's a lot. You can always get an opinion on Twitter. Free opinions. Free Twitter should, should be called Twitter. Free opinions. What's that place downtown that has the sign? It's the sandwich shop that says free smells. Is it Jimmy John's? Yes. Jimmy John's, yeah, it's, it's ever, that's a chain. Yeah, free smells. I feel like there should be a sign outside Twitter that says free opinions. Free opinions. Hot, fresh, free opinions. <laughs> hot, fresh, free opinions unrelated to anything you actually care about. <laughs> I feel like we should make these say hot, fresh book recommendations. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, no. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I want, don't want to be hot or fresh. <laughs> I want them to be a little stale, and I haven't thought about them that much. And in space. And not hot take. Like a very non-hot Bria take. Bria wants on. a stale take that's in the back of the cupboard. <laughs> like a, a not very well thought about, possibly uninterested take on a book. That I can offer you. The old saltine of a take. <laughs> Bria wants some old softies. Okay. So uh, we are very interested in hearing how your re- reader resolutions are going. So if you want to check in with that, uh, email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk to Delilah Dawson, we're going to take a quick break. Hey, Max Fun listeners. Have you been listening to Max Fun for a while and you've just been wondering, where's the new Flat Earth podcast I keep hearing about? Well, here it is. We give you all the facts on NASA's lies and how we know that the Earth is actually flat. Just, just kidding. kidding. <laughs> this is Ono, Ross, and Carrie, and we join fringe religious groups. We undergo alternative medical treatments. And we hang out with people like 9-11 truthers, flat earthers. We find out why do people believe strange things. We join them, and we tell you all about it. We have a lot of fun. We make a lot of friends. Yeah, we do. We joined the Mormons. We joined the Scientologists. We got acupunctured. We got fire cupped. We got ear candled. We've done it all, and we're going to keep doing it all. Why don't you check out Ono, Ross, and Carrie at MaximumFun.org? So here we are with writer Delilah Dawson. Delilah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Delilah, what are you reading right now? Oh my gosh. Um, I'm having to read so much for various projects, announced and unannounced, that I'm kind of um, binging thrillers. 
Um, I read What Lie to Me, Jane Doe. Now I'm working on The Butterfly Garden as an audiobook. Um, I recently found out that Kindle Unlimited, um, some of the books you can have the audio too. I have what? to spend like oh. an hour or two in car line these days where I just sit surrounded by other suburban moms. So I'm listening to like, you know, really, uh, really creepy murder books while I do that. Because <laughs> you are the coolest mom. Yeah. So um, and I, I definitely want to um, try some more um, like, you know, in the theme of Gone Girl, like I realized kind of that some of the the thrillers that I liked, it's like the women are all, it's like, oh, a girl died and all the men in her life feel bad about it. And they can't decide if she's a horror virgin. And that's the whole book. And I was like, but what if there were books where the women were the killers? And I was like, this is fantastic. Finally, we're not the, we're not like the object that everybody's like staring down at in the crusty, you know, Laura Palmer body bag, but we're like the one holding the hatchet. So that's my, my current fave um, genre for reading. I hope you write that someday, Delilah, because I want to read that book very I badly. Did. I wrote one. Um, I'm in, I don't know if the anthology is announced, but I, I've been invited into an anthology. And so I wrote my first like over 60 female killer book. Yes. Or not book. Sorry. Um, um, short, story. short story. That's great. So can you tell us a little bit, a little bit about your new comic, Sparrowhawk? Sure. Oh, Sparrowhawk is, um, I'm so excited about it. It's out October 3rd with Boom Studios. Um, we're kind of calling it uh, Teen Fairy Fight Club. It's kind of Alice in Wonderland meets um, Fight Club with some Alexander McQueen thrown in. It includes a character based on the real life figure of Dido Elizabeth Bell, who was a biracial woman in England whose father was, you know, in the Navy. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to bring my this baby that I forced on this woman in Barbados back home and make my white family accept her. So where she was always like not quite treated like part of the family. She's like, oh, you can sit in the room with us. You just don't get any Christmas presents, basically. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so that's coming out. Um, I got the idea for it back in 2011 when Alexander McQueen's um, Savage Beauty book was kind of, I think his, I think they had the show up at um, at the museum in New York or whatever, but I got really obsessed with it and I loved the book and I was like, oh my God, I want to write a book based on these designs. So I tried writing a YA book about it, but the whole point of it is that it's it's visual and it's so hard to describe such a lush visual world. Um, so I like wrote 40 pages and gave up and was like, I just can't do it. And then my... Um, Lady Castle, my my other boom comic, my editor was like, oh, do you have anything else to pitch? And I was like, well, yes, I do. Um, that's, <laughs> awesome. That's where that came from. So this episode is all about finding new books. And we had a lot of listeners write in and ask about how to find new comics and author and comics writers to read. Do you have any um, tips for discovering new comics for our listeners? Sure. Um, I, I mean, I think the, the first one feels kind of obvious, but just going into a comic shop and unrepetently browsing and looking for the things that catch your eye. Um, I actually had a really bad comics experience in um, high school where I was treated very poorly by the local comic shop for buying. I was at the time buying um, just Ren and Stimpy and the Tick. And this dude was just a complete jerk to me. And like, I went home and cried and had was like, okay, I guess comics aren't for me. Fine. I won't read comics. So I stopped reading X-Men. I stopped reading the Tick. I stopped reading everything for like 10, 20 years almost. And um, then I wanted my kids, I was like, oh, my, my son's a reticent reader. Let's get him some comics. And I went to the comic store. The first comic I saw had a woman breastfeeding on the front of it. And I was like, holy shit, there are comics for people like me. And that was Saga, which is, we oh, know, yeah. was like one of the top comics in the world. But like, that was the thing. Instead of seeing like Spider Lady's butt or, you know, um, <laughs> Captain Marvel's boob window, I saw a, an alien woman with wings breastfeeding a baby. And I was just like, holy shit, that's me. So oh, wow. like, just going and looking for the things that catch your eye, I think can be very helpful. Um, 
Also, if you find one you like, um, you know, quite often, whatever site you buy from, if you buy digitally, they'll have the, you know, people who bought this also bought. Um, you can look into the writer or the illustrator's, um, like their back catalog, because, you know, we all have a general flavor that sticks with our books. Like my website is whimsy dark, because pretty much everything I write is whimsical and dark. Um, so you control their their history of things they've already written. And also, like, if you have your social media thing that you're into um, and you start following one comics writer or artist you like, you'll often find them talking to other people who are like-minded. Um, so I've discovered tons of comics just by following people like um, Chris Sebola and Cy Spurrier, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Gail Simone, Matt Fraction, Chip Zdarsky, um, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples, like all of these people that are kind of shaking up comics with, you know, things outside of the kind of normal white buff dude saving the world. There's so much good stuff out there. And you just have to like find these little circles. And even asking people at your local comic shop, like they're usually really happy to help you. That That is always our advice, but that sucks you had that experience. It did. But, you know, that was like 1997. <laughs> it's a different world. Yeah. And now you're writing comics. So fuck that. I am. I am. And people... <laughs> I think the world is, is changing to like the last time I went to a comic shop, like there was a girl with pink hair working there and I was like, yay, one of us. <laughs> so spe- besides it, like, winged aliens breastfeeding, you personally, if you don't know the writer or the artist, what is something that will get you to pick up a comic? Um, you mean just straight up in the store? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I look for the things I like. Um, I happen to know that most of the books I like are coming out of IDW and um image and dark horse so like um and then even boom um and archaea but you know once you find the the imprint if you find something you like at a certain imprint if you look at the rest of that imprint's work you know it's the same editors making a lot of the same decisions and kind of guiding the tone of their imprint um so that can that can help too so do you have a favorite local comic shop or a place online that you like to get your comics from um i i don't i i have collectively moved from place to place without a super great comic shop since Dr. Nose in Woodstock, Georgia. Um, I'm really close to Coliseum of Comics, um, but I also, um, I, I hate highways and driving. I'm a big sissy about that. So my favorite thing is um, when I'm at a Comic-Con, um, I love to go to the booths and see what's there. I'm very shy and sometimes like Artist Alley is very overwhelming. Um, but if you go to like New York, San Diego, Denver, um, WonderCon, DragonCon, any of these, you'll see that like the publishers will have their own booth and you can kind of browse there without people looking at you with puppy dog eyes, hoping you'll buy their stuff because it's more like the, the booksellers are selling it. Um, so that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, especially like finding stuff for my kids at the boom booth. Um, my kids are totally in love with giant days um lumberjanes we have tons of adventure time books so i love to be able to go to like those books uh, or those you know like tables at the cons and just browse and pick up like stacks of them oh, that's, that's awesome. a good tip yeah that's really good advice so what about your personal reading life besides reading thrillers in in the car um what what do you have any other reading quirks um reading quirks i my very favorite thing that ever happens to me with reading, because like I have to read a lot for work, and lots of times it can feel like work even if I don't want to, even if it's not straight up like something I'm blurbing or something for a friend or a reference, um, I can still feel the writer in my head kind of judging it. But every now and then I'll fall into a series so obsessively. Most recently it was um, The Others by, I think it's Ann Bishop, um, which is a... You remember back when um, urban fantasy wasn't actually about falling in love with the buff vampire? It was just about, hey, wouldn't it be crazy if things were supernatural? 
Yes. <laughs> um, built this whole other world where like um, werewolves and vampires and all that are like elemental creatures that have always been here and humans are kind of the pestilential species, but they've decided to live with us. And there's this woman that's like bridging the gap between all of the vampires and werewolves who can't understand humans and the humans who are jerks destroying the world. Um, but I, I read one because I was interviewing um, the writer at Dragon Con and then... <laughs> I ended up getting so into this book series that like on the cruise where internet costs like $80 a day, I kept having to upload new books. I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I have to buy the internet. I have to upload the next book. <laughs> so yeah, I read like five or six books, but that's my favorite thing is when you find that series that's so sticky that you're like, you know what? I don't need to eat today. This is fine. This is, my kids are probably amazing. alive right now. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a particular book that you love to give to people? Oh man, um, a book that I love to give to people. I so like. I am I'm an introvert, and I have trouble making real life friends. So most of my friends right now are other writers, and we're all reading the same stuff and talking about the same people. <laughs> um, but oh man, that's the hardest question. I'm trying to think of like, you know, the the books that my kids have really cared about, and I'm like looking. At, I'm sitting in front of my bookshelves, being like, oh my god, I have to tell somebody. I have to tell people to buy things. Um, I can tell you, like, I read Outlander back in 2002 before. I mean, it was still a big deal. It was still internationally best-selling, but it wasn't like it is now, you know, where my mom has, like, a full array of Outlander t-shirts. Um, <laughs> but back then, it was just this book that meant so much to me. It was, like, the first book I read that was like, oh, so, a, you know, if quote-unquote bodice ripper can be highly intelligent, super well-researched, it can teach you things historically, have characters more real than your family. And so I gave that book out a lot. My, I have my original book that I bought in like the Pendleton, South Carolina used bookshop for 90 cents or whatever. Um, it's so old. I have like taped the cover on and on every portion of the cover it's written like, you must return this book under pain of death. Um, <laughs> I ended up just buying it for people because you can get a used copy for like $2 but I remember like I would hand it to people and be like you will become so obsessed with this if you get bored just turn to page 90 and start there <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing so Delilah this week your new comic comes out where can we find it uh, well it's out with Boom Studios so you can always find it at um, the boom-studios.com website um, Comixology and Amazon should have the digital copy. I don't think it's there yet. Um, comics are different from books and they show up randomly. Um, your local comic book store should definitely have it. You might have to. So the way comic book stores work is if they don't have the comic, that's totally normal. All you have to do is go to the front desk and ask them to order it for you. And they should be overjoyed to do that. You can even do a thing called building a pull box, which means that every time the comics that you want come out, someone will personally pull them out for you and put them in a box for you. And you can show up at your leisure and purchase it. Um, it's a really nice system for keeping up with the series that you like without having to like, you know, pay attention to when they come out, which comics come out every Wednesday, but you know, so yeah, they would love to do that for you. If you want um, a live copy, you can also order um, handheld copies from Boom. And then I will be at New York Comic Con um, doing my first signing of Sparrowhawk, and you can get one there. Oh, awesome. Congratulations. I am very Thanks. excited about that. I'm also going to be at New York Comic Con bothering Delilah for copies <laughs> to give to people. <laughs> Delilah, where can we find you online? Okay, so my website is whimsydark.com, where you can find all of my social links, um, events, book lists, bio, all that sort of stuff. Um, I pretty much live on Twitter where I'm Delilah S. Dawson. I also have an Instagram, Delilah S. Dawson, but Twitter is like if somebody wants to ask me something, um, 
I didn't write my first book till 2009. I wrote it from my couch while I was nursing a baby and everything I know about writing, I learned for free online. So I'm always trying to be kind of available to the next generation of writers for only ungoogleable questions. Don't be like, Delilah, how do I get published? Because I'll be like, you need to learn how to use Google. Delilah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Now it's time to answer a bookish question from one of our listeners. Nicole asks, my question is, do either of you keep a list of the books you've read? If so, what format, what info, and do you have some kind of rating system? How many books a year do you both usually read? Bria? Wow, this question is so related to this episode. Who could have chosen it? It's almost as if I I have a highly organized system of what questions we put in for each episode. (laughs) That's why it takes us so long to get to people's questions. Um... So I don't know how many books I read a, a, I read a year because this is my first year I'm keeping You're up with so it. You're so lucky. Twenty eighteen. I will know the answer to that question. I'm gonna say I read for as long. So to say, for as long as I've known me. For as long as <laughs> I've I'm known me. After I met myself. <laughs> for a long as long as I can remember, I read about a book a week. That's about my average. I read actually. I found with this show since we talk about a book a week, there's usually one book or so a month. I don't talk about, and I don't really include comics in that. So I don't know, like maybe a book a week-ish. So probably, I'm going to guess 52. But it's probably maybe a little more, but not many more. Mm-hmm. And like, I'd be like, maybe guess 60. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's good. I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll you, see once. Maria, you, re- I, you read a lot. I don't know. We're going to see, ask me on December 31st I'm going to call you up. 2018. <laughs> Midnight. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll probably do some sort of New Year's resolutions. Oh, yeah. Episodes. Actually, get those resolutions ready because... I do love a resolution that I don't follow. <laughs> um, so I started this year with a journal, and I started keeping up with my Goodreads, so we will see the answer to that. Um, and we should that's take pictures I, of our journals at the end. of Not the insides, because that's secret private information, but we should take pictures of our, the outsides of our journals. Yeah, my mom made mine, obviously. Uh, obviously, so, if you've listened to so this show, good about you know my mother stuff. has made me all my journals. Um, I bet you guys can't guess what color my journal is. Is it black? Yes. <laughs> Mine's blue. Um, but so I keep it next to the bed. I found that really helps. If I keep it next to the bed with a pen inside, that's the only way. If I lose that pen, I'm not updating it. You just might as well throw it right in the garbage. And I do a one sentence journal every night, so that kind of helps me to remember it. But what really helps me is to remember it is, like I said, to put it in my Goodreads. And then the Goodreads reminds me to put it in my journal because my journal has a more like intensive rating. So Goodreads is like five stars or red or whatever. But like, but my journal is like a, uh, a school grade system. Oh. I think I got that from you though. An A, B, yeah. C, plus, minus, or nothing. You know, nothing. An A, you know, what I'm saying A, A yeah. plus, A, A minus. So, like, you know, it's like that. So they can get a little bit more specific because that's a lot more ratings. And then I think it'll help me because I always the thing to the year, people are like, what's your favorite book? I'm like, hmm, I don't know. But this year, I guess I'll know because I'll just go pick all my A pluses. Yeah, that's what I do. But okay, but do you have a different feeling about them when you look at them later? Because sometimes I'll go back and I'll be like, why did I give that a B plus? I feel like that was an A. You know, like oh, I'll definitely. Like- there, are, there's a couple of books that I have given lower ratings or higher ratings, and then after about a week, I think about them and I'm like, you know what? I'm bumping that down or oh, bumping it up. It. No, no, you won't change I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I, I like to you give it a little. It <laughs> I, I like to give it a little bit more time because normally I'll be I'll sort of even out. But I definitely, yeah. sometimes after I digest a book, I feel a little bit differently, and then I think about it a little bit more, and then I'm like, oh no, no, that was right. Yeah. What do you do, Mallory? <laughs> uh, uh, I've talked about this on the show. Yeah, I, I, I do. I am a book tracker. Uh, I read about 100 and 200 books every year. Um, it depends on my year. It depends, like, how crazy my life is. Like, if I'm home a lot, yeah. 
because uh, Alan and I travel so much that we, when we're in like a period of like intense work and at home, I like read a shitload. And then if I'm traveling and doing a lot of work events, I read a little bit less. Oh, that's opposite of me. When I travel, I read so much. And when I don't travel, I'm, and when I'm at home, I'm like, well, I should be doing work work. Like, because oh, I like, work from home. Yeah. You know, most of my work is from home. So it's like, yeah, I do. I'm like, I can't take time to read. But if I'm on a plane, I'm like, well, what else would I be doing except reading? Oh, I do a lot of work on planes. I take too much Dramamine, so I oh. can't. If I take, if I want to read work, the screenplay be... you write on Dramamine. <laughs> it would be loop, loopy. It would be the David Lynch uh, crossover for Brie Grant. No, um, I've been I've been keeping a book journal since 2015, and they um, they vary from year to year, but they're usually like little year long calendar books. I think I got oh, us yeah. one last year, you did. so it's like uh, like it has a calendar. I, I've I've experimented with a different. Uh, system every year like and I found that this year I just used a plain journal like a line journal because the calendar thing was stressing me out too much like I would write what what day I started a book what day I finished a book and it just like it stressed me out a little bit and I didn't find that information particularly helpful like I know myself now that like when I really like a book I'll read it in a day if I don't like the longer the less I like a book the longer it takes so I know that uh, and that doesn't help me a lot in my reading Uh, so what I do is I list it by number so like number five this is the fifth book I've read this year um and I used to keep it, like, a lot of information, like, all kinds of stuff. Like, what pu- who published it? All, all this shit. Uh, but now I just keep it really simple. That was sort of part of my reader resolution was to calm the fuck down on my organizational stuff because I just was being needlessly anxious and organized. Uh, now it's just, like, the number of the book, number, like, that, that I read this year, the title, the author, whether it's a graphic novel or an audiobook or a print book, and then my rating system which is, you know, like a letter grade from C minus to A plus. If a book is worse than a C minus, I'm going to stop reading it. I'm just going to put it down. Um, like if I'm reading a book and halfway through it, I'm like, nah, this is a C minus. I'm like, oh, I'm going to die someday. I'm not going to read this book. Yeah. Um, and I, I like having a record of all the books I read. It helps keep me on track with my reader goals, which is usually just to read more inclusively. And I can look over and be like, wow, I've been reading a lot of fucking books by white people. I need to shake it up a little bit. Um, and also helps me with my end of the year roundup that I do, like that I talked about a little earlier. And then I, I do the same thing. I, I go through my book and um, every December every, every December I'll go through and pick out all the A's and A pluses. And then I can see my favorite books of the year. And then I'll go through and like, all right, which ones were released in 2018? This and like, boom, this is my favorite books of the year. Oh, right. Because are you, when you're doing your reader journal, are you writing down what book, what year they were released? Uh, if it's a, if it's a new release, yeah. Then so, you mark, then you mark it. Yeah. Oh, see, I don't do that. I should do that. That would be helpful because then I don't have to worry about it at you, the end of the year. And you can just put a little star next to it. If released in 2018. Yeah. I, re- I read a lot of books that are released, like, the year they come out. Yeah, you read a lot. I think, honestly, I think you read more new releases than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I gravitate towards that. I like what's new and hip. Yeah, Priya likes... I'm so hip. Priya is a hip hip lady. Is it buzzy? I want to read it. Yeah, she, you're into that. I have yeah. uh, I do... I don't know. I, I try to keep up with new releases... But I also just read a ton of older stuff. So yeah. I've been I, I read more new comics than I read new books, I think. I don't know why that is. Well, comics you kind of have to keep up with. Because mm. if you haven't read, like, otherwise, like, what, you're going to go back and read, like, the last, like, 14 trades of, like, this book? Like, yeah, no it's true. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, th- I feel like this is helpful to me. Um, I, I like doing this. And it's also kind of nice. It's cool that I have these, like, I when we got this question, I went back and grabbed all my old book journals. So now I have... four of them and it's kind of cool to like see all the books that I've read and what I'm going to do is instead of buying a new journal for 2019 I'm just going to like skip a page and then write 2019 that's what I did this year because I started the book journal like mid 2017 and so I just 
I just wrote 2018 and on a yeah. new page and started over. And yeah. I just like having it. I think it's nice. It's not useful to any. I, I don't think any that after I die, people are going to be like, ah, now we can go back and see what Mallory thought about this book. But I just like having them for myself, and it's kind of cool and yeah, nice little uh, reminder of all the things. You can do it with a spreadsheet. I'd be very interested to see how people we, we've sent out call ba- call outs for how people tra- track their books. But I would like to see if anyone tracks their reading and it is helpful to them yeah in your reader resolutions and get and like Bria said get your resolutions ready because in a few months we're going to be uh rounding them up for 2019 oh yeah so if you want us to answer your reader question or solve a bookish problem you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com as always we want to thank danielle and kathy who run our facebook group and chrissy and rachel who moderate our goodreads page remember you can buy reading glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the maximum fun store always Check out the link in the show notes. They look wicked fucking cool. I know I don't want to toot our own horn, but it is they're pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more readers. We will if you put what you're reading or what book you love to give to people, we will read it out loud on the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast. And you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. What's a mammoth? I mean, I ain't never seen one. Well, you wouldn't, said Mr. Thrale, who came around the mammoth to stand beside me, given that the last of them died several thousand years ago. He didn't look like he was kidding, but several thousand? You can't know that. That, he said, is what the magic is for. And, okay, it was absolutely the answer I deserved for sounding like I didn't think he knew what he was talking about. Sorry, I said. None of my business. I just meant to ask. No, honestly, he said. Sorry, I didn't mean to sound flip. It's why we're the Mammothium. Brown eyes, dog earnest, and either he really wasn't yanking my chain, or he was the best actor I'd ever seen, including the head of Alpar. Okay, so how does it work? His eyes lit up and he told me, in detail. Now, mind you, I didn't understand more than half of it, but I got enough to be sure it was for real, that this enormous fucking thing in front of me had died so long ago, I couldn't even begin to imagine it. Excerpt from Corambus by Sarah Manette. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.